Welcome to the Screaming in Digital podcast. This week, we have a great discussion lined up for everybody. We're going to touch on the latest Morgan Wallen album, some facts about Deja Vu, and we're also going to talk some crazy U.S. presidential facts. We got a Buffett quote of the day, Anthony. Uh, we do, once I pull it up. <laughs> uh, here it is. Wrinkles will only go where the smiles have been. Nice. Sounds, right. that's, sounds like a sounds from barefoot, That's from Barefoot Children it. in the Rain. So, song oh, so now are we quoting song, song lyrics or are these actually? Uh, this is from Goodreads. Buffett quotes. Okay. Okay. They're a little nice, bit of everything. Nice. nice. Song right, lyrics, uh, prophecies, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Prophesizings. I don't know what you want to call it. Oh, so. my goodness. All right, boys, let's do this. Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, relax. Anthony, Chris. Let's scream in digital. All right, kids. First story. As you guys have uh, seen, I sent you all a little little teaser about what I'm going to talk about. None other than Morgan Wallen, country music, I would dare say, and somewhat pop succession. Uh, he's a superstar. He dropped an album back on March 3rd, last Friday, or the Friday before last, I should say now, 11, 12 days ago. Um, and I'm going to say this. Holy moly, 36 songs in one listen. It's crazy, and I'll be honest with you, this appears to have taken over the country music scene as well as Apple Music and Spotify. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to us right now, if you listen to this journey, because I say this album is a journey because it's a long ride. It has some highs, some extreme highs, very few lows, saying that out of 36 songs, only a select that uh, only a select few may be considered in our old schedule or on our old a way of rating music, bad or meh, but for the rest, man, holy smokes, this album's solid as solid as can be. I mean, for thirty six songs, geez, Louise, um, got some rare facts. I got some crazy facts on the release day. Morgan was obviously the most streamed artist of the day in the in the United States and globally on Spotify. Thirty one songs from that thirty six song album were in Spotify's top fifty U S charts including last night at the number one spot with 3,143,000 plus streams. By 9 p.m. on March 3rd, the album simultaneously occupied the entire top 15 songs on U.S. Apple Music. All 36 songs from One Thing at a Time, the name of that album, were in the top 50. Uh, And by the time this stat was released, Morgan was performing at his free show at Bridgestone over in Nashville for his album release uh, concert. And, um, I will say this numbers like this cannot be easy to come by. I mean, this is absolutely huge for any country artist that dabbles in pop and outlaw country. And I think it's the pop fan that is driving the majority of these numbers because I just, I mean, of the country albums that I saw released in the past five, six months, nobody has listens like this other than Taylor Swift from what I can tell. Uh, and she, of course, she's got a legion of fans, um, Beyond the numbers that are just out there for everybody, I mean, what does this mean? I, I know that we, in our other podcast, in the Audible Ecstasy podcast, we dis, we collectively as a group discussed uh, the magic that was 90s country music and what it meant to us growing up through the 80s and 90s. And um, I will say this, it seems like country music is really, really making me think back to that time frame of the 90s. I mean... I bring this comparison up because in the 90s, just about everybody was listening to country music, it seemed like, at least in our little area we grew up in, guys. Um, And all of a sudden, the past four to six years, country music, from what I can see, seems to have turned a tide and has another uptick in fandom. We have artists like Luke Combs, Jason Aldean, Eric Church, the Zac Brown Band, Chris Stapleton, Tyler Childers, Sturgill Simpson, John Party. Hardy, Laney Wilson, just to name a few that are absolutely driving this mainstream um, mainstream listening frenzy, I, I would dare say. Um, I feel like it's an interesting it's an interesting thought. I mean, I never really thought I'd ever go back to listen to country like I have been in the past year. I mean, I've always had soft spots for the bands I, or for the artists I love from back when I was a kid. You know, the, the Dwight Yoakams, the, the Brooks and Dunn, the George Strait, the Alan Jacksons all the big guys that had major successes in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And I found myself going back to that, you know, or staying with him over the years for the most part. But then I just found myself going back. Our podcast drove me to listening to some stuff that 
like Jason Aldean, uh, listened to Eric Church, which who I've absolutely been enamored with. I can't believe how great some of his music is. But um, I will say this. I I don't even know what's going on here, but the man of the hour is Morgan Wallen, and holy smokes, 36 songs in one release, a ballsy, ballsy move for any artist of any notoriety, and certainly a move we've never seen from a typical mainstream artist out there. I mean, you can insert any typical R&B or rock hit maker in there, and you're not going to see albums released that have 36. It's the equivalent of like triple album for the most part. Um, the crazy thing about this album in my listens is nearly every song is solid above average or just plain excellent. I'm not sure how either, I'm not sure how much either one of you guys have listened to this, but I know that you guys were kind of aware over the past you know week or so that we've been talking about it. Um, I'm going to throw out some songs that really were standing out in my listens. Uh, and it's just a handful of them. That first opening track born with a beer in my hand last night, everything I love. It's probably my favorite song on the album right now because of that pure outlaw country influence. Sounds like some Waylon Jennings. If you ask me, uh, man made a bar devil. Don't know the 98 Braves Who makes a song about baseball and ties it into a breakup story. Um, ain't that some, that's a fun song. Uh, I wrote the book, which is absolutely a killer tune. Uh, whiskey friends. Great song. Keith Whitley, not only a great artist, a great song. Uh, thought you should know. I'm going to tell you right now, just watch that video guys. If you haven't, it gets his mom Which in there. One? It is absolute uh, thought you should know. Thought you should know. Holy mm-hmm. smoke, dude. If it don't draw a tear to your eye, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, Tennessee fan. Absolutely fantastic song. Don't think Jesus. Excellent song. Dying man is a closing track. It's a great song. I mean, honestly, I could probably name more, but Holy moly, it's, it's that good. I think, I mean, it, it is a, it's a dedicated listen. You can take it and, you know, take it in bites, small bites. You know, you don't have to eat the whole plate at once. Eat a little bit at a time. Just keep your belly full. Um, I will say the criticism comes up. Should an artist hold on to songs and shelve them for a little bit of time and release these as time goes on, release a 10 to 12 song album per year for the next three years? Uh, um, because, you know, his writing's not going to stop. He's going to continue to write and collaborate with people in Nashville and well, I think hear. that yeah, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Sorry to get you off your path there, but I know I'm going to forget to mention this down the road whenever we have our discussion. He doesn't write most of those songs, dude. He's got a team of writers. That's the reason that there's so many songs coming out all at one time. Uh, I mean, he does. He, I'm sure he collaborates and helps with the writing, but you know, his buddy Hardy is like a huge songwriter in that town. And when you have a group of people all pitching music to you at one time. It's a lot easier to throw 36 songs out a year. Because, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that last album came out. It had 20 songs on it. So he he has got a machine that is churning out music for him right now. And I'm not saying he doesn't write. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he collaborates with a lot of people. But I guarantee you every day he's got people coming in that studio, pitching him songs. And he's like, all right, let's work with this. Let's massage it. Let's, you know, that kind of thing. So... I, I agree almost, with you. It's too many songs, but at the same time, like he's he's got a lot of of material to work with. I think that's why you get so. Uh, by the way, Luke Combs is doing the same thing. His last album had twenty songs. It's why just is like all these guys, all these long songs, long albums. I don't know. It makes it impossible for us to review it on Audible Ecstasy, but like it's what it is. <laughs> Chris, they, I, they I will. Let me touch on this. This is the one thing I did find that will counter your your argument. Okay, well, that's just he's what I've always thought. He is apparently well sought out as a music writer. He writes music for other hit people. I mean, for other music stars. I mean, he's written for Jason Aldean. I mean, he made a song called Make It Easy for Jason Aldean, uh, Love Me or Don't. He wrote a song for Keith Urban, uh, Dylan Scott, which I'm not familiar with, Wild as Herb, a guy named Corey Kent sang it, the sad songs for Jason Aldean. Morgan is a known writer in Nashville, so... To, well, he's a collaborator. His, I think I think there's a lot of those guys yeah, that oh, all yeah. get well, in the room and start. You said you said a key out. thing. Hardy's massive. I mean, he is. Oh, massive. that guy is a writer, dude. I mean, it's, Holy it's ridiculous, smokes, dude. Yeah, you may not like his music, but my God, he can write. He writes some of the and biggest does. hits. But Florida Georgia Line, he wrote for them. I mean, I'm looking at a list of artists. Kane Brown, he wrote for him, which I think he's a pretty big star right now. Although you know, he's not somebody I'm super familiar with. Um, yeah. I don't know who the hell Little Dunk is. He wrote. I think he's got a buddy named Ernest too. Who Ernest is great. Always joke about how the Ernest goes to camp movies and stuff. You know that that guy. Ernest, big old boy. (laughs) Dude. Anyway, he he is apparently well known as a writer too. So I just wanted to touch. I don't want I don't want to discount him as somebody getting somebody write all the music for him. But uh, this is stuff I'm learning too because 
I didn't jump on the Morgan bandwagon until a couple of years ago, just prior to Dangerous coming out. I guess uh, that's the that's when I first because I didn't watch him when he was on the TV show, whatever it was, American Idol or whatever um, he was on. It was the, uh, voice, the voice, and he was not voice. country back then, and it was yeah, they it was absolutely pop, did him a disservice on that show. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, it was more like uh, singing Nickelback type stuff. I don't I don't know how to describe it. like nineties oh, rock kind of. Stuff. Well, his voice does not accommodate that at all. Um, nah. But I will say this: I, I do feel like his writing's not going to stop, but just because of what I've read no, about him, not, I think that he's going to continue to drop bombs. Um, I think the charts are speaking the truth. This album's a home run, even though you may not agree with thirty six songs being released at once. I mean, it absolutely home run at Grand Slam is what I would say it right now because he's having so much success from this. Um, and and I will say this: I'm so far away what the youth listens to these days. I mean, I will say this that I talked to Noel this past week, and she literally told me everybody at the high school, having high school, just about everybody's listening to this new album. And she's not even a fan of country at all. She's you know she's still into that you know the '70s you know rock and R and B stuff. So. I, for her to say all the high school kids are rocking this stuff is just it's it's kind of weird, but it's I guess it's what the kids are listening to. You listen, you watch these TikToks, you see these YouTube videos, and it's all pretty much all ages. And mm-hmm. you know, I know that you guys. This is I wanted to bring this up because I thought this is something pretty, pretty crazy. It's something it's an anomaly that you see not too often without the Taylor Swift of the world. You know what I mean? Because she always dominates the charts when she comes out. The same way with. Um, Oh, Cyrus's kid, Molly Cyrus. Uh, she's she does the same thing when she releases music. So, what did you guys think? I mean, I know that you probably didn't have time to listen to a lot of this record, um, but I'm just gonna throw it out there, Chris. What are your thoughts? Yeah, what I've heard from it so far is pretty good. Uh, now I've not listened to all 36 songs. Uh, I did uh, watch that uh, that video that he released. You know, because they the streamed, live show. not only did they give a live show for a free show. By the way. I have to say this before I forget it. Taylor Swift could learn a thing from him. Uh, this is the way you release an album. He he made it. He absolutely just gave away tickets. Everybody come in. It was it was such like a. It felt like a a, a, a gesture of goodwill. Here she has ticket. Man, I know it's not her fault, but this is a poster child of of like greed in that town. It's it's Ticketmaster has done the you know, the dynamic pricing on her stuff and, and it basically crashed the site, her release. I mean, this is how, this is what her release was, her album release, you know, it was like, uh, all of a sudden nobody can get tickets that wants to go and, and everybody's upset. And Morgan absolutely flipped the script with this. This is, this is how you release an album. You, I mean, you create so much buzz and, and good thoughts around what's going on there. And, and, it's brilliant. I've never seen well, anybody do it. It was absolutely to brilliant. Touch, touch and then live it for the people that couldn't go. I mean, it's that, just brilliant. That's that's the key thing. He gave these tickets away. You had to go in person. You couldn't get them online. So he eliminated the middleman. You had yeah. to get a Bridgestone to get the tickets. And then he then on top of it, he streams the live show for everybody that wants to listen. Only that two tickets absolute. per person too, so you didn't have a bunch of people yeah. hoarding them you up or anything. Get it. Yeah. And you know, people were trying to sell those things. I'm sure. So, I'm sure, yeah. uh, but nonetheless, I think it was a, it was a great move. What else you got? Anything else on that? As far as that goes, I mean, the album itself, yeah, the hits I've heard. I mean, I haven't sat there and listened to all three six albums, but what I've heard has been pretty good. Um, I kind of give my thoughts on on the whole, just Morgan in general and the whole thing. Um, first off, you know, he, we kind of claim him as a local. He's from Sneedfield, Tennessee, Sneedville, yeah. just down the road. And it's not that far away. And I know he moved to Knoxville and probably and when he was in high school and yeah. that was his alma mater down there. But, uh, yeah, that, you know, I, I tell you when I think of country music in general, and you, you brought this up a little bit and rattled off a lot of people right now, I see country music with, with two lanes in it. You've kind of got the pop side that's like the red cup kind of music, and, and that's fine. And whenever you're uh, in the mood for it, it's really good. Uh, and then you've got like the Americana side of it, which is more, you said Sturgill, Tyler Childers. Uh, sure, I don't think sure. you said Zach Bryan, but Zach that dude Brown. is huge right now. Brian. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Zach Brown sucks. Uh, that's a different story. Hey, I like that. <laughs> in my Brown. opinion. Give him a <laughs> sorry. Come on. I've got I got a bone to pick with that guy. I'm not gonna get in on we can talk about that in, in another episode. Another day. All right, that's fine. Yeah. But you know what, like I kind of think of music like I think of, of beer. I I'll break it down for you. I used to be a, a big beer snob and I only wanted to drink all these fancy beers and everything. And then I started going out to the lake a couple of years ago and we'd hang out there all day and you know, everybody'd float by on their boats and throw me like a a bush light or a 
you know, just whatever, man. Just some kind of like random, you know, American regular beer, you know. Yeah, just normal. As, and you know, there. some days, man, sitting on the lake, cranking Jason Aldean and drinking a Bush Light, it's not a bad life, you know. Sometimes you just have to check your snobbery at the door and be like, you know, this is fun and it's good for what it is. And I, there's a lot of, I don't know, man. It's 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 good stuff. It's not. I know it's not like think deep type music but sometimes you don't right. need that sometimes you just need and, and honestly the pop uh world or, you know that's not country is is just dominated by like rap and r&b now so if you're not into that where else are you gonna turn that's kind of what happened in the 90s man i think we all turned to country in the 90s because alternative yeah we lost our rock man i mean that's that's what happened that hair metal went out the window and all the grunge came in grunge it's almost the same for the younger generation i think there's not much else out there that's really good right now on the radio so this is where they go right right all right well anthony what were your thoughts i know that you just kind of gave it a spin a little bit there this week i got about nine songs in uh yesterday my daughter was complaining my wife was complaining I tried it with the earbuds, couldn't really get into it myself. Uh, I tried to listen to it a little bit, fell asleep while I was listening to it yesterday afternoon. It's good nap music, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Sometimes I'll turn on music just to chill out too and rest, and I do that with Buffett. I do it with a lot of people, just uh, put me in a good, easy place to be. So it's not bad. It's a little too hip-hop for me at times. I don't really like country. It's got that hip-hop kind of flair to it occasionally. Um, but I started thinking about it yesterday I know it's 36 songs. It's like an hour and 54 minutes. But how different is that from Iron Maiden putting out an hour and 25 minute album? Or Metallica putting out an hour and 30 minute album? I mean, yeah. it's only eight songs, but they're asking for a commitment on Iron Maiden's part. I think it's eight songs in Jitsu, maybe 10. But 10, 36, it's still about the same time length. So it depends. You know, I don't know why artists seem to be wanting to go longer and deeper and farther with iron maiden i get it they they are in a genre that is kind of built to do that and the songs lend themselves to that length but 36 to me when it's 36 songs that to me seems a bit excessive um i don't know just as a writer myself that's like writing three books and putting them out at one time and i don't understand why you wouldn't put one book out or one album out take 10 of those other songs, put that out, and about a year later, you'd have a nice little run there, and you could just go sit on a beach for three straight years, continue writing new music for other artists, for yourself, and just let these albums churn themselves out over three, four, five, six years, and you wouldn't be doing a lot of work other than just writing and creating, and by the time these albums spin their way through, you've got another four or five albums to go because you've sat on these. So I don't understand why you don't pace yourself a little better than that. And like you said, twenty songs before, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't understand well, it. Well, I, I really think it comes down to this group collaboration effort they've got going on in that town. I, I really do. It's there's there's groups of songwriters that get together, and if it was one guy sitting on a beach somewhere, I get where you're coming from. But I think they have this mentality like they've got to strike right. while the iron's hot right now, and I don't, I can understand that in in some aspects. So. Let's see. If this was the CD days, the record days, the yeah. 8-track tape, the tape days, you couldn't do this. You can only do this in today's age well, because you only got a certain amount of time for a tape or an 8-track or whatever. you got to learn how to cut. <laughs> well, this is what I'm going to say, Anthony, in your in your argument. that Yeah, Sinjetsu, 11 songs, an hour and a half. How many of those songs you hear on the radio? Every single song that he recorded on this record True. can be radio played because they're all True. about two to three True. minutes. And that is what the process is. That's a different, like you said, Metallica, you brought them up. Yeah, Metallica's writing eight-minute hits, but they don't play them on the radio anymore. Unless but you're at the same radio. time, these, you know I mean? are, these are bands who've established themselves. So that's another thing to me personally. If you've established yourself, I think you've got a little more room to expand and, and make longer stuff. But I think when you're just starting out, maybe you kind of need a dial it in a little bit to you become a little bigger name i don't know that's just me. well i hate to tell well, you he Morgan is the biggest, biggest name, name in country, country music, music right now i don't, know. I don't listen biggest. to a lot of new country i mean the no, newest one like eric church i listen to him a bit john party i like his sound but a lot of new country i don't listen to anymore I, in fact i was listening to raven yesterday for goodness sakes <laughs> right, <laughs> they're a band right. from the early 80s you know so uh but uh i don't know that's not my style but uh Anyways, you could you got to admit it though. I mean, this guy's what six, seven year artist, maybe eight years. He's been doing it. 
How long has Maiden been doing it? I thought he was brand new. He's as big as it gets in that industry right now. Yeah, Maiden's been doing it for 50 years. Almost 50 years. I I, I guess Luke Combs is maybe 1A, 1B, those two. But, like, they're they're as big as it gets right now in that industry. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, he's not, like, 30-year veteran like a George Strait or something. But, like, I mean, he's... 40-year veteran, buddy. 40. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you got to think about it. these. These guys have been out there forever. Um, but that's yeah. why that's why Metallica and bands like, you know, bands like Metallica and Iron Maiden, two great examples. Their first releases, they didn't have these gigantic long ass songs. They they did after after releasing probably well, they had to, records. You know what they I mean? They had to deal once, with the cassette Maiden, era too and the CD era and the when Iron Maiden and Metallica were getting right. started. And, you know, they, had, they didn't have a chance to. Who knows what they might have done if they'd had a wide open digital platform to drop stuff into who knows well, what they've about been this releasing way. back then maiden was doing they were releasing albums every year from 79 until 85 and then they took a year off and did no they released straight through it excuse me straight through 87 and then they i mean they released a massive live album and then of course seventh son and then they started taking you know a year off at a time and then more right. and more as, as time grew on as he got older this guy's young he's full of piss and vinegar man Wear it out. I, I, I just think Christmas. 36 is, is a bit excessive. Cause there's a few songs even at the start, like the 98 Braves song. I know you said you kind of liked it, but it felt kind of like a throwaway song to me when I heard it. I was like, yeah, this it's the kind of song that probably should hit the cutting room floor. You know, if you had an album that was within 10 to 15 songs, I think that song wouldn't have made the cut. So yeah, oh, it only wow. makes a cut because there's 36 songs. So, but it's me personally. Well, I will say that uh, lyrically, he has got some genius words in this album. But nonetheless, I, you know, like I said, it's something I like. It's prob. This is. I'm gonna go ahead and tell y'all if unless something changes, this is gonna be one of my top ten of the year for me. I would imagine, or top five for the year possibly because it's. I don't. I don't think I'll it's, ever. It's get a finished. damn good album. <laughs> well, like Anthony, let's put. I'll, I'll give you a good comparison. If Buffett released a 36 song album, would you complain? No, that's because that's somebody you love. Exactly, you would you would dive into it. This is somebody I mean, like who the box set. I listen with. to seventy two song box set all the time, not all right, the way through, right. but I just put it on shuffle all sure. the time. But that's Buffett. That, that was basically a, this is Jimmy Buffett's Spotify playlist. Is all that is. You basically hit it and just play Buffett all day. Is all that is. Right, right. This is this listen. is the thing. Right, yeah. I'm only familiar with him for the past couple of years, and you know this is something that's I'm learning more and more about his music. And like I said, he's got twenty. He's got basically fifty six songs. Of the period of three years, I mean, he's got a good start, something that makes a, a good playlist and it allows for you to kind of get a feel for what he is, especially this day and time with something like this. It's, it's. I think it's, imp- I think it's an impressive move. I, I, hell, dude, he sold the physical copies too. It's not like it's, it's the number one physical album. Yeah, I don't know, which is insane. It's insane. Yeah, it's, 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 and it's not for everybody. I get it, totally get it. All right, well, Chris. Let's move on to the deja vu. Talk to us. Okay. Well, I want to ask you guys, have you ever walked into a situation and had the feeling that you've either dreamed it or already lived through the current scenario that you're in? Uh, not, And I don't mean just the, a dream it, but like, or not just one thing, but you're in a location and a ser- series of events kind of happen and and all of a sudden you realize, hey, I've just had deja vu. Is that, are you guys, by the way, there's 97% of the population has had deja vu. So I'm curious, I'm sure both of you guys have, but just to double check. I have had it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm almost positive. Yeah, I've actually there. had dreams that I thought I've actually dreamed stuff and then walked through before. Like, did I dream that before? Or uh, did I- same, Anthony. Same. Yeah, I, I feel like so. I've dreamed it and then it came true. It's weird. Yeah. Well, uh the reason I wanted to do this today was because I had deja vu about two weeks ago and it, it, it was, it was a, kind of a strange case of deja vu. So I'll get into it by the way, before I forget the word deja vu means already seen in French. If you guys are, are curious about that, that's, that's what it actually means. And it's a pretty uh, solid Iron Maiden song too. <laughs> I'll take your word for that. All right. So <laughs> let me set the scene. No, it's off of uh, somewhere in time. Two weeks ago uh, for work, I had to, travel to a location that I have never been in my life. And I know I've never been in my life because it's a, it was a school that that's fairly new that has been built recently. And I've, I never traveled to this location. So it's not something when I was little that I went and just like has suppressed memory or something. This place is only a few years old and I've never been there in my life. So I traveled to this school and uh, I met with some people and one of the la- ladies I met with had a really unique name. 
and and so I'm sitting here and and I'm looking at this school in the background and I'm getting introduced to this lady with this name and it just hit me like oh my god like one of those feelings like I have been here before and it's almost uh it kind of freaks you out a little bit when it happens a lot of times it's it's kind of fuzzy and you, and you you might realize it it's almost like you're in a state of shock you realize it's happened right after it happens sometimes and I'm sitting here in the parking lot, uh, shaking hands, talking to this lady. And like, as soon as, as soon as all that, that scenario happened, I was like, this has just happened to me. And I, I saw this happen in my subconscious, I guess. And it kind of, like I say, it just kind of freaked me out. Um, I'd say for me, I have, I probably get deja vu probably three to four times a year. I, I don't know how frequently this happens to you guys, but for me, it happens where I I can, and it, it's usually like a, a lucid thing. I don't, I don't always know it's happening. Kind of like a fleeting dream, if you will. And the details come kind of are kind of fuzzy, and sometimes I forget it very soon after I've had it too. But I'm aware that I've had it. Uh, at this point, I'm gonna open this up to you guys and say, hey, do, do you, if you want to give an experience of deja vu you've had, if you can remember what it is, because sometimes it's not easy to remember, but. You guys have any experiences you can talk I don't talk have on? any off the top of my head, but I do have a weird thing happening to me these days where I keep thinking this stuff, mm-hmm. and two or three minutes later, someone mentions it, or someone does it. It happens all the time. It happened this morning where I was thinking of doing something, and I, my son just said it right before I brought it out of my head. I'm like, I've got this psychic link with people right now, and, and it's the weirdest thing. Um, but deja vu, I mean, I've had a few times in my life. I can't no examples off the top of my head, but I know there are people it, it, out there. What's that? It, well, it's, it's, it's sometimes, like I say, it's, it's fuzzy. And sometimes you, you don't even realize you've had it and it's really easy to forget too. I, for me, it is anyway. What about you? Jimmy? Well, I mean, they, you, uh, well, I was oh, going to yeah. say some people say we might be living in a simulation and that's, well, that's I'll one get of the to theories. All that. <laughs> yeah. I've got okay, well, I don't want to jump ahead of right you, here. but uh, yeah. 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 I, I will you, say that, it, man, it seems like it happens to me more than I realize. Like I will, at the most random times, I'll get up and be walking through the house and be like, "God, I, I feel like it's happened before. I feel like it's like a, like a precog of something. I don't know." Like, and then I start worrying, like, "My God, maybe I'm about to die," and I'm seeing my life flash before my eyes. I mean, it's kind of weird, <laughs> you know. I'm thinking maybe I'm getting ready to have a heart attack, but it, it's happened to me so much in my life, like just randomly, like seeing things. Um, you know, with my kids, with, you know, with, with my mom, you know, when she was alive and with just random, just random stuff. Like I remember going to see like seeing concerts and being like, God, I feel like I've been here before. And what's sad is I've been to so many, I don't know if it's a true statement or not. I'm like, yeah, maybe I've seen, you know, that's not already seen this artist. We'll get into that because (laughs) that's one of the theories. Yeah. Uh, And the reason uh, I go ahead. No, I was going to say, but when you said something about not being familiar, I had deja vu in this house when we first moved here, you know, a, a year and a half ago or whenever, how long it's been now. And I had deja vu like I'd been here before. It was weird. So, I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes you, I, I think it's something I dreamed about. I really do. I think I dreamed it and then it just came true. I just right. need to dream those freaking lottery numbers one time and then play those. <laughs> beast. Good Lord. Right. It'd be nice. Right. So, Jimmy, how often would you say you have it? If, I, w- if I would dare say – at least a half a dozen times a year, maybe. Okay. Okay. So that's good. That's good. I, I don't think it's uh, crazy. Like, I mean, right. Well, I, I read mean, that. I read that if you have it a lot, that it's a yeah, possible no, brain disorder or something. It is. So we'll get into that too. Uh, okay. Well, that's good to know guys. I, Cause I, I didn't feel like I was alone in that, but uh, I don't know. It's something people don't talk about that much. So, and, and I just had it recently. I just kind of wanted to want to talk about it. I get into a few statistics now that I found on deja vu. Uh, there are some characteristics that, that, uh, people who experience it more frequently have, uh, I've got six things here. Uh, one is they, a lot of times come from a high income family, uh, two well-educated three, they're frequent travelers. And this makes sense because, you know, if you're, it, you might travel somewhere and, and, and create memories that of places that are kind of similar. And maybe it gives you the sense of deja vu sometimes. Sure. Uh, for uh, people who can remember their dreams, uh, you know, those are the people I have more to retrieve from sometimes if, if they can easily remember them. I used to remember mine, but man, I swear they they fleet from me more now than they used to. 
It seems uh, like I'm having more dreams these days, but I can't remember them. So I will say this. If I've got a dream and I wake up and remember and it's real vivid, I'll tweet about it. Like I will send a Twitter <laughs> out just so it'll be, so I can document like first thing in the yeah. morning too. Like I'll be like, what? Yeah. That's crazy. Like, you know, you dream about the red dawn dream. We can talk about that later. <laughs> Here's another interesting one. Those who are politically liberal, I don't know why that would be the case, but it is. They always got to blame the liberals, don't they? <laughs> well, Probably the ones that did the study. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And then the last one is uh, the more frequently in people age between ages and 15 and 25. And that, that one kind of, uh, that's interesting. And I think, uh, I can't remember when I was a kid if I had deja vu more frequently than I do now. Uh, and, and I think maybe one of the reasons the, the 15 to 25 year olds is, is a thing is these kids are so these kids, but you know, they're, they're so distra- distracted with technology and they may have seen a lot of stuff, you know, it, it flashes so quickly that when they're scrolling TikTok or, or what, what have you, that they may see things and just rest in their subconscious and they don't realize it. And then down the road, they see it again. They're like, Whoa, I, I think I've been here before. So that might be a reason for kids that young to have it. Um, one thing that there are a few medical conditions that are kind of tied to deja vu. Jimmy, you touched on that earlier. Uh, there are four and one kind of, so like I've, I've always heard if, if you have it very frequently, uh, it could be a sign of epilepsy. So that's, that's the thing with like, you need to go talk to the doctor, but the other ones are schizophrenia, uh, vascular dementia and anxiety. So I guess, you know, if you have it very frequently, it could be a sign of one of those things, precursor. So they say, go see the doctor if you have it. And I mean, like uh, a couple times a week kind of thing. That's that's more like on those lines. Right, right. Yeah, dude, that's yeah, that's that's yeah. that's good stuff. I um, yeah, so I, it's I weird. It's a weird feeling, dude. I will say it is. Weird. It like, is. What? No, it How is. It can freak you out sometimes. But uh, I've got a few theories now that I'll talk about. Uh, there were a lot of theories that I came across when I researched this. A lot of them were kind of psychology based and they all seem kind of similar. So I didn't touch on too many of those, but these are the ones that I found the most interesting. Uh, one is a parallel universe theory. Uh, that's the idea that we live among millions of parallel universes and, uh, you know, versions of ourselves are carrying out our own lives in each one of these, uh, these, uh, universes. and, And maybe there's like a, you know, transcendence of, of something that happened from one to the other with that. I guess it's possible. That's not one that I find the most likely personally, but uh, another one is precognitive dreams. A precognitive dream is a dream we have that predicts something that happens in the future or someone finds himself in a situation they'd previously, previously dreamed about. Uh, similar, kind of similar to a lot of people report uh, this for tragedies, uh, like the sinking of the Titanic was one that, that people, ha- you know, had kind of premonition, if you will, about. Uh, that was pretty common back, back in those days. One that I think is probably the most nonsense, and the reason I gave the example I did uh, is I think it debunks this one, and that's reincarnation. Uh, a general theory of reincarnation, you know, we lived a previous life. I think we all know what reincarnation means. Uh, if you don't, you know, look it up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, so I think with the one I just had, that completely could not be reincarnation because I'm 50 years old and that school is like two or three years old. So there is no way that that thing was around 50 years ago. I would have never lived that that mental thought in a previous life. But some people use that theory for that. Um, all right, I got a few more here. Let's go with I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Cryptomnesia, I guess. Uh, an odd word with an even odder connotation, cryptonesia refers to memory bias, a forgotten experience recorded in the subconscious as memory. Uh, the deja vu experience then is a forgotten memory, and it seems like a new original thought to the observer. So in other words, you, you had this thought in the back, you know, in the past, or this, this vision in the past, and you just forgot about it. And I think that's probably one of the most likely causes of deja vu, I've always, often wondered when I have it, and I was like, "Have I? Has this happened to me in the past?" And I just forgot it. Uh, now, when there's a when there's a prime example of something like I talked about, like a place I know I've never been, meeting a person I know I've never met, yeah, I think that that's you know that's different. 
But I think a lot of times I, I do think to myself, man, is this just something that I've just ha- has happened? I've just forgotten about it. And it's very possible because our memory does play tricks on us the older we get. Uh, let's see. I go through two more for you guys because I do have several written down here, but I'm not sure they're all worth talking about. Okay, one is the perception theory. Uh, a theory, and I think this one is possible too. It's a theory where your brain starts to process a memory, but it doesn't finish it. So you get distracted. You know, it's kind of like if you're listening to a song, you're driving down the road, you have to stop the song that doesn't end, and you get that song, song stuck in your head for the rest of the day. I think it's very similar to that. Uh, you have a memory, but something happens, you get like distracted from it. Something, you know, pulls your, your mental train off of that memory or thought. And then that kind of like rests in your subconscious, and you start to have that same memory again. Something happens, and you're back in that scene. All of a sudden, you think, "Oh wow, this is deja vu." But maybe it's kind of like your mind playing tricks on you. And the last thing I'm going to talk about are dopamine levels, and this one's interesting <laughs> because I'm gonna get a little into the conspiracy theory on this one. Uh, there was a case where a man took a, a combination of flu medications. And started having several episodes of deja vu in an hour. And the thing that this uh, flu medication, and it was multiple flu medications, but it creates, it, you know, increased dopamine levels in his brain. And they think that if, if somehow you're, if something happens that makes your dopamine levels go up, then that can be a reason for deja vu. So I don't know. I I just interesting thought is something that happened to me recently, and I thought it'd be a good topic for discussion on this podcast because I know I'm not alone in this. I know a lot of people have had it, but I never really knew how how re, you know frequently people had it or what their experiences were. So anyway, you guys are welcome to fill in the blanks if you got anything else on that, or if not, we can move on to Anthony's thing there. Do we have a way for people to reach out to us if they have deja vu and they want to talk about it? We have a screaming in digital. We should use the Audible X to see. No, we have an email. email. We have an email. You know address. what? Yeah, we do have an email. We'll get it. <laughs> this is relatively new, and then obviously Anchor has just changed over to Spotify. But we'll we'll try to get something in the in the show yeah. notes. We'll put something yeah. out there way to reach out if you've had deja vu and want to want to share. Yeah. It. yeah. Definitely. Good call. I, I think it's just a screaming. It's screaming in digital podcast at gmail dot com is the email address if you want to reach out to us. I mean, it's fairly easy. Um, but yeah, we'll have to add that to the show notes for sure. You know, like you said, Chris, brand new stuff. So no, nah, man, I, uh, deja vu has just always been weird to me. That's all. It's just an, it's just an unusual feeling. It's very, I don't know. Like I said, there was times I thought maybe I'm getting ready to die and I'm seeing, <laughs> seeing something, you know, as weird as that sounds. Well, let me ask you out of those theories that I, I rattled off, do, are, are there any that you think are the most likely for a reason for deja vu? Or, I think or, it's a pre, precognitive dreaming. I think I think we dream yeah. it and it comes true later on. You just like y'all saying you don't remember your dreams a whole whole lot just every once in a while. I think that's it, and especially the ones you don't remember, those are the ones that come back to your mind when deja vu hits you. Uh, you know, but if that's the case, weird. that means that you basically have the ability to see the see future. the future. Yeah. Which, which well, is I mean, freaky, really, they say, you think about it. <laughs> you know, I listen to a lot of stuff on this kind of stuff, and time is not linear. Time, we see time linear. We see time as a straight path. But there is stuff around us in the ether of time that really disrupts that theory. If we were able to step away and look beyond, we can see here, we can see there. They're like, UFOs, I mentioned this in my last episode I did for my podcast, but I've heard this before, that they might be time travelers. Somebody from the near future coming back to witness big events. They said they saw UFOs around 9-11. So there's theories that maybe they're in the future that we've found a way to cross back into time. It sounds crazy, but who knows what our brains do and with time, because time is not exactly linear. It's it's kind of circular in a weird sort of way. So maybe we that walk into a place and our brain is like, it just, I keep thinking of it maybe like your brain starts processing it. And it's like, wait a minute, hold up. I got to, I got to start again. So it restarts again. That's where you get deja vu. That's you know, possible. where it's kind of restart. You know, it could be thing, that. Yeah. One other thing I, I didn't mention, I kind of glossed over it, but I'll, I'll throw it out there because it is kind of uh, food for thought as well. Uh, a, a brain synapses uh, theory 
And it kind of gets into the electrical uh, activity of the neurons in your brain. Uh, a lot of the epileptic, epileptic patients have this going on before they have a seizure. So it might be kind of like a, a on the spectrum of that, but it's just not a mild enough case to give you epilepsy. So, um, and, th- and this is more a psychological thing that I don't really know a lot about, so I didn't really want to get into. I mean, there are people like I was telling you that say we're living in a simulation. There's a theory out there now we're living in a simulation. People, someone, a higher architect is creating this world around us, and that's why we see these glitches and these bugs in the matrix sometimes because, you know, someone is creating this for us, but... Who honestly knows? And I I think reincarnation is highly possible, too. Maybe we have lived a previous life and we're coming back through it again. Who, who, Honestly, who really knows? We don't really know what lies beyond the realm of where we are right now. As Once we leave this physical body, we don't know exactly where we go, what we become, what we turn into. We, We have a theory. We have an idea. But there's a lot of stuff beyond this we really truly don't know i, I will know. say this like i think it's, okay i'm not gonna totally poo-poo the, the reincarnation thing but i don't think for deja vu a lot of times that's the cause because yeah most of the stuff we see is more current than that maybe if you happen to take a trip to europe and see the eiffel tower it's, yeah maybe you did that in a previous life but me showing up at this school meeting this lady no that wasn't in the previous life so that, that's kind of the that was the easiest one for me to debunk right off the bat with, with my current situation. Who knows? I mean, yeah. who really knows? I mean, you know, we have our faith and our faith beliefs too of what we are supposed to, what we're supposed to go afterwards, but who truly knows? <laughs> Nobody knows until you get to the other side. So. All right, Anthony, let's hear your presidential facts, man. We're, it's going to be an yeah. hour long podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was their goal? Thirty minutes on this podcast? That's, that's blown. Yeah, it's it's my fault. I shouldn't have done the Morgan Wallen thing this week. No, it's actually, dude. If the stuff is no, good, good to talk, listen man. to, we've both done uh, twenty minutes so far. So, well, let's just go with some presidential facts. Some crazy things presidentials presidents have done throughout their history of being presidents, and uh, this was done in twenty nineteen. And it was from bestlifeonline.com. So it doesn't have anything with Biden in it or anything like that. And I left Trump out because he's such a polarizing thing. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with him either. So, <laughs> um, but start with the first one here. During Richard Nixon's peak paranoia, he was obsessed and infuriated with Washington columnist Jack Anderson so much so that the president consulted with aides about how to deal with the gadfly, including bumping him off. So Richard Nixon actually had talks about bumping somebody off because he didn't like the way he was writing about him. So that was an well, interesting keep in mind, one. Nixon, you know what happened to him, and it was all due to the media. So he probably, it wasn't just yeah. he didn't like what he was saying. He was probably afraid that he was getting ready to get impeached, would be my guess. Probably. So, Nixon yeah. was a crazy. Uh, Lyndon Johnson, he is a nut job. Look him up sometime. Um, one of his odd habits was to give interviews from the bathroom while going to the bathroom. <laughs> Presidential biographer Doris Goodwin describes how he just didn't want the conversation to stop. If you're in the bedroom holding back when he went into the bathroom, he would just call you in and say, come on in. I haven't finished what I'm saying. Oh, so God. here's LBJ sitting on the throne. <laughs> And he's just giving off a of presidential advice. And here's another one with LBJ. He early became fabled for a, I can't pronounce this word, Rebelazian earthiness urinating in the parking lot of the house office building as the urge took him. So when LBJ wanted to pee, he would just go pee wherever he was. He was a wild one. You look at his stuff. He is... Wow. Well, you know, the only reason he was the vice president when Kennedy was assassinated was because he needed to win Texas and he knew that LBJ would win him Texas. So that was really? The reason. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't know yeah, that. That's, that's why he picked him as his running mate. Uh, Andrew Jackson taught his parrot Polly to swear like a sailor. Legend has it that the cussing parrot had to be removed from his owner's funeral when it commenced swearing so loud and long as to disturb the people. <laughs> And had to be carried from the house. So why during his funeral, this parrot is just cussing up a storm and take him out. Uh, <laughs> speaking of UFOs, Carter and Reagan both saw UFOs. Yeah. Uh, 
Grover Cleveland, when he was sheriff of Erie County, New York, a man named Patrick Morrissey was convicted of killing his own mother. Cleveland opted to hang the guy himself. So actually, one of our sitting presidents actually did, was a hangman at one point in time, as he when he was the sheriff, hung somebody. So yeah. uh, let's see. It says, uh, as the time set of the incident, this it was that Sheriff Cleveland, standing behind a screen some 20 feet away from the law's victim, pushed the lever that dropped the gallows trap upon which poor Morrissey stood. So uh, this is an interesting one. Another great thing about Abraham Lincoln. The only U.S. president to hold a patent is Abraham Lincoln, who developed a manner of buoying vessels that involved putting inflatable rubber bellows on the base of a ship. So when it ran aground, it could be filled with air and better able to move back to the water. Hmm. Uh, let's see. This is a good one. According to then chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, at one time during his presidency, Bill Clinton lost the personal ID code needed to confirm nuclear launches for months. So Bill Clinton actually lost the nuclear launch codes for a little bit there when he was president. <laughs> Uh, I have a sense of him uh, kind of being like a Howard Wallowitz back in the day, trying to like brag and show, you know, talk about the Mars rover and pick up girls with the. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah! Like, hey, let me show you all the nuclear codes. Come on in here. Like, Where'd I put them at? <laughs> uh, Calvin Coolidge adopted a menagerie of pets for the White House, from Ebenezer the donkey to Smokey the bobcat, but perhaps the most inadvisable of his pets were a pair of lion cubs a gift from the government of South Africa. They were named Tax Reduction and Budget Bureau. So he had lion cubs, uh, Calvin Coolidge. I'd say, man, back in the 18, 17, 1800s, these presidents, when it was just the Wild yeah, West were, in Washington, it was yeah. crazy. <laughs> I actually visited Calvin Coolidge's birthplace as a child. We were, It was in Vermont. We uh, we traveled through that town. I, kind of, I had a neat little store set up, but he was kind of always known as a bit of a... Of a like a wild card, I guess. I don't know. It's some of the craziest. This isn't even all of them. There's a lot more on there. But uh, when Al Capone went to prison for evading taxes, the U.S. Treasury Department impounded his car. But rather than just leave it sitting in storage somewhere, the government turned it into a high-security presidential transport. Franklin Roosevelt used it frequently in the days following the attack of Pearl Harbor. So Franklin Roosevelt rode around, rode around in Al Capone's car for a bit to stay protected um, during the, the World War II, it sounds like. Uh, Andrew Jackson loved going toe-to-toe with an opponent and took part in more than 100 duels. Yeah, and a lot of it because of his wife, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. She was kind of a yeah, loose-moral lady, and a lot of people gave him a hard time about it, and, but he was ready to throw down the minute it happened, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they said he suffered several injuries, including a shot to the chest one time. Uh, a couple more here. George Bush uh, may not have had a stellar academic record, but he was an outstanding socializer. That's George W. Bush, the son. And that included a stint as head cheerleader in high school at Phillips Academy. So George W. Bush was a cheerleader at, at one point in time. And the last one, I left the another LBJ one. <laughs> LBJ was quite the character, it says. But da- how how did he test the character of others? He pretended to get them into a car crash to see how they would react. He drive, then pretend to lose control of the vehicle and careen toward a body of water, freaking his guest out in the process. So in order to figure out what kind of true person you are, LBJ would just say, whoops, I'm about to crash the car. And, uh, you know, so... And there's more than that on there too, but that's just the ones I found. I thought were pretty, pretty good, interesting. I'm curious, did, did you see anything from Jerry Ford on there? Because I've always thought he was kind of the Yogi Berra of I, uh, I presidents. Didn't. Yeah, okay. I mean Chevy Chase used to make fun of Jerry Ford all the time, didn't he? On the yeah. falling over stuff and everything. So, yeah. I think just, uh, you get a president who was wasn't elected in is more like because of either an assassination or or somebody got uh, uh, impeached or something like a you know Jerry Ford that was. That was the case there. I think I think the media loves to take shots at those people because they really weren't elected to begin with. So, <laughs> well, just look up LBJ one time, man. I heard yeah. a thing too. Uh, I heard a lot of these box of oddities is one of the podcasts I listen to frequently. They have a lot of about thirty minutes, and uh, it's not real long. And they have a lot of interesting stuff. And I heard them talking about this. And 
how LBJ was talking about how he wanted to, uh, when he's put on pants, getting his pants hemmed, he's like, he wants the crotch area to be nice and loose. So his, so his, his taint wouldn't rub wrong is what he said. That's exactly what he said. So he wouldn't rub it wrong in his taint area. That's what he said. So he loosened up the crotch. And Box of Oddities actually has the audio from him talking about that. So you hear LBJ talking about that. So he was a character, man, LBJ. So uh, look him up sometime. True Texan at his core right there, wasn't he? I'm telling you what, man. So that's just my little little presidential moment today. I, I figured oh I should end God. it this week, make it a little lighter hearted. So That was great. Sounds good. Oh, <laughs> There's a lot more out there, but that's just a few. All right, guys. I know we run running long all time. I say we uh we get ready to wrap this thing up for the week. Uh <laughs> some of that stuff's just hard to fathom. <laughs> I mean, when you hear about him, just oh, hear him talking too, just the way you, when you hear him talk. No, he's a president and hear him talk and you're just like, This is the president of the United States talking like this. It's, right, right. Well it was a different time, yeah. man. You know, it was golly. I'll tell you I another mean, one, but you could find stuff on was Teddy Roosevelt because that guy was like a, a true Oh, he was like a boxer or something, wasn't he? Teddy yeah, Roosevelt. That guy, I'm sure there are a ton of quotes from that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I just kept it as short as I could. I didn't want to get one for too long, but uh Picked out the highlights. That's just from one article from one place online. That's not, there's other stuff on other websites too. So bestoflife.com. They got a lot of crazy stuff on there. So give them a right, plug. Boys. Let's, uh, dude, I read that list you sent out. Anthony. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> that link. Yeah. Some, some of them I didn't even stuff. mention. I know, right? But yeah, it's 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 ridiculous, ridiculous. Right, you know what? We all have crazy stuff that happens. Just the fa- it's funny when you think about somebody so well thought of, at least in your mind, and you see some of the crap they've done. <laughs> God, yeah. oh the veil, Lord, so to speak. Right, right. Oh, that's different times for all those guys. Oh goodness gracious! All right, guys. So we'll uh, we'll wrap it up for this week for screaming and digital. This is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And you guys keep screaming.